You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Marty Sleva, hey. Sam Claiborne. Scoops. We've got a great show for you this week. So much to talk about. Very, very busy week. We got to talk about Dishonored 2. Ooh. We're going to talk about Super Mario Run. But first... We're going to talk about this table, right? Yeah. No, the table... The obelisk. It is the table. It is that of which we do not speak. Can I just, since I can't see it, is everybody's legs crossed the same way as usual? My, no, my uh, legs aren't crossed. I'm it's uncrossable. Yes. Just Justin yes. and I I got a little ankle it. cross going. Really? Okay. Sam, you're already getting me off, off topic here. <laughs> the first thing we need to talk about today is Watch Dogs 2. Uh, out this week, the first game was released in 2013 and was a bit of a debacle. Because people felt that it was not the game that they were expecting yeah. when it finally came out. So, the question is, did Ubisoft, did they learn from that experience? Were they able to deliver the game people wanted this time around? So... Sort of. I mean, one of the yeah, one of the like the big sticking points with Watch Dogs One was that it was revealed so many years before it actually came out, and it obviously looked very different and looked better than it did when it actually released. Uh, and so, right off the bat here, like this was just revealed five months ago, right before E three, and so you didn't have that multi year cycle where we're seeing it at three E threes in a row. Like we got this reveal at the beginning of June, and in the beginning of November, mm. the game's out. Watch Dogs yeah. One had that uh, infamous downgrade, you yes. know, yeah. from the very first trailer to what the finished product visual. Yeah, it yeah. did not. It didn't end up looking visually like it did in its trailers. Yeah. So back to the table. So back to, <laughs> uh, no, so I think right from there, I think they did learn from some of the mistakes. Also in terms of tone, like the first Watch Dogs was a wet blanket, and Aiden Pierce was just yeah. an angry man who wasn't very entertaining to control, whereas Marcus is like this game definitely does have a you know 
bright, vibrant sense of humor. It's a bright, vibrant game about murder. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I'm not murdering people. I'm just having my robots murder them. It's hard not to sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you just slam into people in a car. Or dogs. It's awful. Never, (laughs) never do that to the dogs. You can pet the dogs. But uh, it it launched this week without its online seamless multiplayer functionality. Mm. Right. So that's what I was getting at where like the game, uh, Ubisoft absolutely learned from their mistakes in terms of how it was rolled out by not setting expectations so high and then having to dial them back. But it seems like they found, we still don't know as we're recording this, we don't know the full story there, but obviously something went wrong. The game launched and its multiplayer is offline now. Yeah. Sort of. The seamless drop in, drop out is offline. Yeah. Yeah. Certain parts of it. Like you can, you can play co-op with with like cooperatively. You can invite people, but the, the whole promise of like, you're just going to be hanging out and then someone's going to show up in your world is not none of that's functional at the moment yeah no. which is uh interesting because when uh, we did an ign first a couple months ago and when we played it at ubisoft montreal that was working perfectly mm-hmm. like, that was working great and granted it was probably we were you know probably literally connected hardwired to the other consoles yeah. and everything yeah. uh but it's also like i find it kind of weird that a big to do is being made about this because maybe this is a big deal and maybe a month from now it's still gonna be bad but i get the feeling that by the weekend this will be fixed. And so. It's sort of a almost a non-issue. To yeah, me no, it's an issue to us because we're trying to review the, the game. game. Yeah. I don't think it's an issue widely. Yeah. I think the nudity is a bigger issue widely. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that <laughs> funny in a second too. But yeah, this issue is holding up our review. A lot of other sites just decided to go ahead and put up their review, though. There's dozens and yeah. dozens. You have of to review, weigh whether the multiplayer is worth. You know, a huge amount of fun in this game. Like, yeah. is it is this is just a single player game well, that you can play on your own? Mm, it seems like it. Yeah. It, yeah. But good. Sorry, it just it puts you in an interesting spot as a critic because how long do we wait? Like, we don't want to put a final score on it and then the next day have, you know, the multiplayer be fixed. But, you know, what if it's next week? What if it's two mm-hmm. weeks? Like, at some point, yeah. you have to say, look, this is the final score this game's going to get. And I actually like IGN's policy around this. And I'm not a reviews editor, so, you know, Dan mm-hmm. Stapleton would have to explain the nuance there. But the provisional score, like, if we had to give this game a score today, you can read that review and check that score. But it gives us the opportunity to sort of recognize that games are a service and they're evolving yeah. and changing well, over Andy, time. Uh, it's not just like sort of a tacked on separate multiplayer mode like some of the Assassin's Creed game had. Mm, it's right. like this is this or is Uncharted. Con- yeah, this is connected with the uh, single player in a really cool way in that it's like sort of an, at GTA if you get six stars there's like a Comanche helicopter that comes after you. Uh, the way the multiplayer should work in this game is if you max out your your like your wanted system the final thing is that it draws in a human player whose goal is to kill you and your goal is to kill them and if they kill you they get a bunch of experience in their single player game and if you kill them you get a bunch of experience in yours which is super cool I think that's really cool if it actually works but well and then the just the slightly insider version of this that you know GameScoop fans might be interested in is that we considered Grand Theft Auto 5 a single player game and that for the first time mm-hmm. ever, they mm-hmm. had Grand Theft Auto Online, yeah. and that was like a case in which we had to learn, like, how are we going to review these games that we yeah. think of as single-player games when there's a likely chance that multiplayer might be really important. For yeah. Man, for that game, it turned out to be extremely yeah. important, but yeah. we thought yeah, it was a single-player game. I mean, GTA Online morphed into and evolved into a completely different beast than it seemed like it was going to be at launch, and maybe mm-hmm. even Rockstar intended for it to be. GTA 4 did have an online mode, but it wasn't to the degree no. that, that 5 yeah. did. Absolutely. Have you guys got a chance to play any Watch Dogs 2 or a lot of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You like it? I've played a lot of stuff in the game, but I just started my own game because I've been playing on other people's saves and Mm -hmm. I've played preview. For me, like San Francisco as a setting is so the only thing I care about in the game. And and Mm -hmm. I know it's hard to relate to 
as people that don't live here. But it's not just that. It's also that I think San Francisco, like, you know, when cities are a character in a, in a movie or a book or a game, mm-hmm. I think that's really neat. We're in an interesting time in San Francisco right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think San Francisco is a wonderful city. I love it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's my favorite city. That's why I moved here. I, yeah. It was to live in San Francisco. I think it's so cool to be seeing what they did with that in the game. Yeah, yeah It's amazing. The city is so I visually and totally diverse that yeah. it like, makes sense for a place in a game. Like, in the same way in classic platformers, you had the fire level and the ice level and the yeah. wind level. Like, in this, like, the Castro feels different than the Embarcadero. It's all the wind level. It's all the, yeah. It's, yeah. All the, it's, it's better, definitely level. better in Chicago. And then I also like I, there's a weird thing that happened this year because I also feel like Pokemon <laughs> Go because I live in San Francisco was set in San Francisco. Yeah, and wow. I really spent a lot of time exploring San Francisco and Pokemon Go, like going to places I'd never seen before. That's really interesting. And I feel like yeah. two experiences this year have been just exploring San Francisco in a really interesting way. Yeah, it's a very and I do. Like- That's why Pokemon Go will be my game of the year. <laughs> wow. wow. You heard yeah. it. No, I just say that it's just a troll for Damon. Yeah. Um, I uh, I like San Francisco. I like the Bay Area. I live here. But there's no denying that it's a very, very easy area to like lampoon mm-hmm. and make fun of. And uh, Dog it's, barks. Just, it's just a ripe, ripe area for, you know, you can make fun of and poke at and sort of explore different things in the city versus in Silicon Valley versus across the Bay in Oakland and in Marin. Um, you get a very, very different vibe and a lot of different uh you know, aspects of our culture yeah. to just really sort of pick apart mm-hmm. in like a, and, and parody in, yeah. in, in pretty, pretty good ways. Yeah. yeah. I think the game handles parody. Well, some, like some of the jokes fall flat, but yeah. I like that at least it's that tone instead of the, like my, my niece died. I don't mm-hmm. know if his niece or nephew, but he just kept complaining yeah. about that yeah, whole was, game. <laughs> like, don't do that. Well, I mean, it's just yes. not, a, it's not like a fun thing <laughs> to play. So. I wanna, yeah. yeah. Like I watch a lifetime original movie about it. I don't yeah, play exactly. It. Um, Have you played enough to compare like mafia three in this in terms? Yeah. Cause I heard so much good stuff about story I, and character development. Yeah. Mafia 3. I think, so far, I'm liking the story in Mafia 3 better than Watch Dogs yep. 2. That being said, I think mechanically, I think mm-hmm. Watch Dogs 2 is superior in nearly every way. Mm-hmm. And I really like the the upgrade system, and it really is like catering to my play style. Like, whatever your play style is, I'm, I'm going almost non-lethal, and most encounters, I don't even enter the area mm-hmm. that the encounter so, takes place in, and I just use my drones, and I've upgraded my drones a ton. Yeah. Um, I like all the side quests. That's really cool. uh, I like taking selfies and getting points for them. I like petting dogs and getting followers. It's also really weird because you like, take a... <laughs> You'll take a selfie in front of like Coit Tower and get like thirty thousand followers. I'm like, is that how easy it is to get social media followers? Mm, I don't think it quite works <laughs> yeah. like that. So even though public, it's a cool tower, yeah, it is a very cool tower. Even though public opinion on the first game soured, uh, the original Watch Dogs did get good reviews, mm-hmm. and I think it even got an eight from IGM. Yeah. And even though uh, we're still waiting to put up our final review for the sequel, the sequel is getting good reviews. Like even a little bit, the reviews are a little bit better yeah. for this game than the first one. So mm-hmm. I'm having a ton of fun with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally looking forward to playing it. But the other interesting news about this game this week is uh, the weird nudity. Yeah, that's yeah. apparently that was apparently like maybe mistakenly included in the game. Ubisoft, well, the, we, well, there's maybe two flavors of nudity in this yeah, game. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so you you can just chocolate and vanilla. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. there's uh, there's some nudity that's obviously deliberate. You can go to certain areas in the game or certain city blocks, and there's naked people hula hooping, and it's that's seemed, San Francisco actually. Yeah, yeah, and that's San Francisco. But then the they're uh, usually not having that much fun. No, <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, there's uh, there, but then there's also it's also like new beaches. Yeah, famous new beaches yeah. on, in San Francisco. Yeah, uh, fun fact. Uh, my wife and I went to one. Not knowing it was a nude beach. Yeah, well, that's a date tip. We yeah. figured it any out. beach can be a nude beach. Yeah. yeah. Well, we sure. figured it out very, very fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But the the picture that's been going around and the one that's making news, uh, it's not super clear that that was deliberate nudity in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, I don't know how we can. What, There's a character with a fully modeled vagina in the yeah. game, and yeah. if uh, someone took a picture of the, the character died, they blew up a street. The character's laying on the ground, well, and it's like an upskirt shot. Yeah, and so they shared it online, and then they were suspended. They got their accounts suspended. Yeah. suspended by Sony. And it's kind of like, this is in the game. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So there's all sorts of interesting questions. Like, was this included intentionally by Ubisoft? Like you said, is this just the character model clipping through yeah, the clothing? There's, there's some debate about, uh, well, like, why is that body part showing through the woman's underwear? Like, that seems really strange. But that that part may have actually been a bug. Um, mm. It's a little weird. Yeah. Um, and we also, there's, like, the way that games are made uh, oftentimes is that you'll buy like you'll buy models like I'll buy a model for these five men and these five women and then you know we'll tweak them and change them especially for non-important NPCs yeah Yeah. and then those are the people that populate our game world and it's possible that those are just off the shelf models that were anatomically correct and it would have been more work to actually not have them have genitalia and it's not as cut and dry as you kind of maybe think it is I like to think that there was like a rogue artist in Montreal who like would wait until like seven or eight at night and Mm -hmm. every time as soon as people would go home he'd open up giggling and zoom in and be like oh my masterpiece to me there's a disconnect somewhere. Either, uh, either s- some developer designer did include yeah. this nudity in the game, and then not everyone at Ubisoft was aware of it, or they it wasn't included. Uh, it was like a mistake, but it's in there, and uh, you're able to you know stream that and share that with the world. But then yeah. Sony, that's not okay with Sony. Yeah, like, there's maybe, a disconnect somewhere. I mean, maybe this was like maybe early on in the design there was a mission that did have. Full nudity in it, like in uh, yeah. the Ballad of Gay Tony had like a full penis in it. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they were going something like, "Hey, in this mission, we're going to push the boundary and do this," and then eventually they're like, "Well, let's just scrap it." But at some point they yeah. forgot the. Well, like the Sony, I know Sony has their like conduct, uh, you know, for for their online mm-hmm. conduct, whatever. But are you not, more and more games have nudity in them? So like, well, the yeah. game is rated M, and, yeah. and it's rated M uh, not just for violence, but nudity is one of the descriptors for the content of the exactly. Game. So when so, you buy a game, are you not able to just stream it? Like I know, developers can sometimes prevent you from streaming like, like story spo- sections. Yeah, certain spoilers. parts of Phantom Pain you couldn't stream. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I, music license music. I don't it's it's, it's a gray area, right? It's like I bought this game, I paid sixty dollars for it. Now I can't stream it. I got yeah. I got suspended, suspended for just yeah. streaming the game that I well, bought. Well, the scary thing is that like whatever the case of PlayStation's rules, that has a chilling effect on what you include in your game if you True. don't want to have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's like even like this was a pretty immature nudity situation yeah, but sure. even you know, if you, as games mature like I'm worried that you know if Sony's gonna like not let people share nudity yeah. even if it's gratuitous and weird in this situation yeah. it almost seems like e- just, even know, if it was a mistake greedy. and that nudity wasn't meant to be in it seems like a mistake on Sony's part to not let people just share the game I mean, that they bought I, I feel like this might just be a one-off scenario of like, oh, this is a weird event, and that yeah. multiple. We're gonna, yeah. I don't know if we're ever going to figure out what exactly went down here, but I feel like maybe this will be, will be the thing that Sony learns from. Like, yeah. well, if this happens again, let's they need act to update their policies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, well and if they also, have a game about creating something, and you create a bunch mm-hmm. of new yeah, stuff like if Dreams like, is coming out, you could probably do some weird vagina <laughs> stuff. <in> yeah, dreams. <laughs> I, I think I think they yeah that will have to be addressed. Yeah, we uh, you know there's also the the you know sort of the tired criticism of American media where hey sure share a clip of you shooting a cop in the face mm-hmm. but god oh, forbid yeah, exactly you know, or yeah. in the same clip it was like yeah I, I happened to blow up a bunch of women in this alley and <laughs> yeah. it's like the, that, that, that part we're fine with but the part that yeah. follows no that's yeah, not okay that's a classic uh 
yeah. problem with yeah, maybe modern they, they, American society. There might need to be ratings for the shared content from that game yeah, also. That's true. Like that, that'd yeah. be an easy way to I solve think one the of the problem. things, though, like Justin was saying, is that those pictures sort of get randomly populated into the game's like item page that's on also, PSN. It's so also kid can just be a problem that I on understand. The, on the PlayStation Store, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there it is. Yeah, There's that's that not good. You don't want that. Uh, you know, we love these uh, fan theories here on GameScoop. Yeah. We have a fan theory about watchdogs from uh, Spain. This is Neil from Spain. He emailed us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like you, Kim. And he says, been watching you for well over two years. Keep it up. On to the topic of discussion. The other day, a friend and I were talking about Watch Dogs 2, mm-hmm. and if it would have a downgrade like the first games, we checked a few internet review sites. Turns out there wasn't anything major downgraded. The point is, I told my friend this theory. The first game's downgrade was something Microsoft and Sony told Ubisoft to do. The game looked too good for the games oh. that were coming out at that time. And I simply think Microsoft and Sony just didn't want a third-party game to look better than a first-party game. Conspiracy. Mm. I obviously, I think the original game from the trailers could have been running on our systems because a game like Uncharted 4 can run well and looks better than the Watchdog trailers. The other reason Sony and Microsoft could have told Ubisoft to do this could have been to see some graphical evolution throughout the console generation. Ubisoft could have simply waited and pushed the game for a few years, but they were risking too much money with the IP, so they decided to release the game in 2014 with the eventual downgrade we saw in the final game and also pleasing gamers, blah, blah, blah. So, mm-hmm. in in his in his theory, a collusion m- for crappiness. Yep, yep. I like it. Oh man, I totally yeah. no, a, I don't believe that a, at all. There's I, a lot to unpack. I believe here. what we saw was a vertical slice, <laughs> and it, the game did look that good. But, but all explain that was, what a vertical slice is. A vertical slice is uh, some of the things you see at E3. Uh, a game is running, and it does look that good. But what it is is it is a very small chunk of the world. The only thing being populated is this one single mission with the single set of mechanics and nothing else in the entire video game exists in this build of the game so everything on the hardware is working towards this one small slice and you're able to make it look phenomenal and yes that is a real thing but once you expand the game and you're like well all right we have the entire city of chicago and we have these cutscenes, and we have a hundred times the amount of npcs and different mechanics it's like well the processing power has to go to those places. Well, there's also, in some occasions, I don't feel like this happens as often anymore, but five years ago, it was not uncommon for, uh, you know, the whole gameplay demo to be faked, and it would be rendered, and it would say, look, this is our goal. This is our target render for what we want Madden to look like or what we want Killzone mm-hmm. to look like, but this is not actual gameplay footage, and, you know, they're just confident or they're relatively confident that they're going to be able to get to that level, mm-hmm. and then sometimes they don't or they can't. Yeah. yeah, I think Ubisoft as a whole, like, they've sort of... Uh, being accused of this a couple times with a, with a handful of games. With mm-hmm. I mean, we saw we all played Rainbow Six Siege and gave it our game a show at E3, yeah. and mm-hmm. then a year like destruction uh, was fairly sick. A year later, bad. it was it was pulled back a little bit and didn't look quite as good. Uh, same thing with Watch Dogs, uh, and I feel like I like to think that they're learning from that and realizing that that initial wow factor isn't worth the backlash you yeah, get afterwards. That's and, it. And yeah, like uh, what we saw running. Uh, during the reveal of Watch Dogs 2 is how the game looks. The game looks that's really good. That's true. Yeah. But the trailers still looked much better than the game. Which yeah. Is, uh, that's, but maybe so, the PC version will look really I, good. I, I, so I guess we didn't directly answer Sorry. the conspiracy theory. I mean, no. I, I, there's a variety of reasons why I don't think that that's the case. Chief among them, you know, Microsoft and Sony have no say over what their third parties do. Um, well, they could probably like... Well, have some say, but I don't but think they don't have I don't a think vested interest this, in saying make your game look worse than yeah. it has potential to look. In this scenario, uh, Microsoft and Sony ha- they like meet together and make decisions <laughs> yeah. together about yeah, what Phil Spencer and about what to tell. So Phil Spencer and Shuhei have an office and they call uh, Eve Gimo. Eve Gimo in their office. <laughs> like Eve, ha- have a seat. 
Would you like a cigar? <laughs> Listen, we uh, Shuhei and I, uh, we love what you're doing with Watch Dogs. Game looks great. Looks really good, right, Shuhei? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> too great. Too, a little too great. What do we say we dial it back a little bit? No need to overachieve yeah, yeah. anything, right? I like, and, the, uh, I like the idea that like Reggie's tapping at the window. <laughs> like, can I come in, guys? Yeah, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. where should we lock the frame rate? I'd say a solid 28. Yeah. <laughs> Just below 30. Just yeah. have it fluctuate a little. Yeah. It's an interesting theory, uh, Neil, from Spain. The comparison to Uncharted 4 is the difference between a linear game and an open world game. Like when you can yeah. direct, you know, Nathan Drake's going to start in the exact same spot and the scripted event's going to unfold the exact same way uh, that that the trade-off um, from the loss of sort of player controller freedom is that you can make the game look that much more gorgeous. Also, it's the difference between a game that came out in May of 2014 and a game yeah. that came out in May of... 2016. Yeah. 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 True. All right, moving on. Uh, another game that came out in the past week is Dishonored 2. And this is the game I've been playing uh, instead of playing Watch Dogs this week. Anyone else playing Dishonored 2? No, but I like Dishonored. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I like, I like the first game a lot too. Marty likes the first game a lot I love too. the first game. I'm very excited for this one, but I need to get a couple things off my plate beforehand. I oh, I thought you were going to say, I got to get something so off my chest. I, love, <laughs> no. I thought that too. I'm is, like, this, oh. is the stealth as good as like, you know, Metal Gear level or is it different? Uh, well, it's first person, so it's a little bit different. Uh, it is not as good as Metal Gear Solid Five, mm. which is my favorite game last year. One of my favorite games in recent memory. Same. Dishonored 2 is very good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, in spite of the fact that it runs terribly on my PlayStation 4. Wow, that's a bummer. It crashes. I've had multiple really? crashes, uh, frame rate stutters. It chugs just like bring up the pause menu. It's <gasps> like when you hit start, the game freezes and then <laughs> there's the pause screen. That's it's not nice. an instantaneous thing. Uh, yeah, so I'm just playing on oh. PS4, but I'm still like the, the gameplay is solid and I love the world building mm-hmm. that they do in that game. Mm-hmm. It's just such a cool setting. Which character did you choose? I'm playing as Emily. Yeah, yeah that seems like, I mean... Yeah. I'm a little sick of playing as Corvo, probably, so that's yeah. cool that there's another option. Yeah, I feel like every, I, anyone who's played a ton of the first game probably wants to be like, well, I know what Dishonored is like as Corvo, so yeah. what's it like with this new suite of powers? Plus, yeah. I think it's, it'll be worth it to go back and play through again as Corvo. Mm-hmm. He has different powers, first of all, so you'll mm-hmm. be able to approach things in a different way. And uh, all of like the, the story dialogue in the game is tailored for Emily when you're playing as her, and they reference your father, so I imagine all that's going to be like yeah. flipped if you yeah, play crazy. as Corvo. Yeah. So. Did you play that robot house yet? That is hard. <laughs> that that mission is really tough. I actually felt like when I got to that mission, uh, I wasn't, like, I did not have, I didn't have the tools or the skills I really needed to be mm. able to tackle that oh, mission no. effectively. Like really hard enemies in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brendan found Yeah, I eventually got through it, but it was like a very sloppy yeah, playthrough. Yeah. Brendan I, found a total cheat through, well, mm. not a cheat, but a really difficult way to get through that with no kill, which is really fascinating. Yeah, about well, that. I saw that our, our wiki guide for that level mm. was performing very well yesterday. Dishonored 2 is cool. commendable for, uh, and this is kind of like, I like Deus Ex, but when people say, you have so much freedom in Deus Ex, and it's like, well, you know, you can hack or climb through this vent or do a conversation. Like those are your or three ways. Yeah. Or, or shoot. shoot. Those are your ways through every mm-hmm. single scenario. Yeah. Whereas Dishonored 2 is true freedom in mm-hmm. the sense that they plop you in and you have this whole suite of tools at your disposal. And there's not, you know, three ways or five ways. There are, you know, a nearly infinite number mm-hmm. of spidering outward, you know, different scenarios and ways that you can tackle each sort of scenario yeah, and, yeah. Um, it's, it's also this, interesting that it's not an open world game it's yeah. like level based but the levels are really big yeah. and sprawling and, and there's lots yeah. of secrets to find yeah. I mean that's game design you don't get to see much I mean yeah. if yeah. Metal Gear Solid 5 didn't have an open world it probably wouldn't be that different because really it's about little you know 
mm-hmm. levels that are set between and above a lot of nothingness. And sometimes there's in between stages, which are really cool. But like each of those bases is kind of like a level in Dishonored. And they yeah. took a lot of crafting and careful planning. Mm-hmm. And I just love how much craft goes into making a big yeah. level that you can manipulate. And in I, those always, ways. I always love the game to where if I start thinking of weird stuff, like I wonder if I could do this and I can. Like that's just like yeah. incredible game design and amazing foresight on the, the part of the developers to be like, yes, we are going to sort of look at every angle. And if you want to do something and think you can, you probably can. Well, and just the bravery to give people all these tools and then say, hey, there may be some combination of tools in here that like borderline breaks the game, but we're still going to give the player the power to figure out, yeah. you know, how like you can booby trap rats and then control the rats and then yeah. send them into another room and like just do something yeah. crazy. We've yeah. always heard these uh, stories of like, like, system heavy games of developers after the game comes out players find things are like oh we had no idea this could happen like there's always the story with first fallout that i think after the game came out players realized that you could put uh uh you could pull the pin on a grenade and put it in an npc's pocket and you could like kill these like super hard bosses by looking at uh npc walking patterns and Mm -hmm. you could like put a bomb in someone's pocket and let them like walk by the boss and just blow the boss up and the developers like we had no idea this could happen yep yeah. Uh, one uh, concrete example, and it's not nearly that flashy, but just a little thing. Like the game has fall damage. If you fall from a height, it was designed to hurt you. You know, and dishonored. Level, yeah. yeah. And dishonored was designed with that in mind. Like the space was designed with that. But you can create a doppelganger of yourself way down below you, and then jump and assassinate that doppelganger and get out of the fall damage. Yeah. And yeah. So that's Which like I think one. Is super cool. Mm-hmm. Emily has a different variation of that. Right. Of what the doppelganger? She has a doppelganger ability. Yeah, I think it's her that can do that. Maybe yeah. they both can do that. Yeah, I'm they both sure. have a different thing. And Corvo has a way names. to get out of fall damage and a yeah. similar mm-hmm. exploit. Yeah, some it's of really their clever. some of their powers are similar. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah, I'm going to Spain on Saturday, so I'm rushing to try and beat the game this week. I have a few days left. We'll see. Are you going to talk about your conspiracies over <laughs> Watch Dogs One in Spain? Are you looking up Neil? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go uh, visit uh, Neil in Spain. <laughs> Uh, all right, this week we found out that Super Mario Run, mm-hmm. Nintendo's first real mobile game, is coming December 15th for $10. Yeah. yeah. Which sounds about right to me. Sounds, sounds, great. sounds great. Yeah. I kind of expected it to be more. They, yeah. They'd set us up. They'd sent some signals. <clears throat> it was similar to before the launch of the PlayStation 3 when Sony's like, you know, you might need to get a second job to afford this console. <laughs> like, oh, no. To afford and, this mobile and game. And Nintendo's been saying uh, this is going to be, you know, a full game a and we're going to be charging a full yeah. premium price for it. So <laughs> I was kind of expecting maybe something as 20? high as 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or sixty. Uh, we ran a <laughs> we ran a poll on IGN yesterday, yeah. asking people uh, what they thought of the price, whether they thought they would plan to buy it or not. What were the results of the uh, poll? It was close to fifty fifty. A few more people, a few higher percentage people, said they would didn't didn't like that price. It was too high. Didn't like the price. Sorry. Yeah. So it's like it was like fifty three forty seven or something. I think the, a lot of those people end up buying it anyway. Agreed. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm not Maybe. like. I don't know. I don't like telling people what to do with their money. And sure. $10 with one person is different than $10 to another person. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm not a fan of the uh, sort of undervaluing of mobile games of that everything should be free or 99 cents because there are mobile games like Sword and Sorcery and Device 6 and and uh, 80 Days that I've had as much fun as I've had with any retail game. And mm-hmm. So I'd gladly pay a premium price and for Shigeru a premium Miyamoto's product. And working on this game. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's not like they got some like B scrubs, team to do yeah. it. Like, yeah. I'm frustrated by a couple of the uh, a couple of things that I've been hearing in the dialogue around this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, people will say in the same breath, or you'll hear the same people say, you know, mobile games are a free-to-play trash pile, and uh, you know, it's just a bunch of garbage trying to squeeze as much money out of people as they can. But then, when a ten-dollar game with absolutely no in-app purchases is just ten bucks, buy the game, play it forever, mm-hmm. then they say that that's too much. 
And yeah. I'm like, but you can't, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if we want to get back to a place where a uh, mobile can be a platform, like any other platform with games designed with that controller in- interface in mind, you know, clever, clever, polished, great game experiences, you have to be willing to, I mean, 10 bucks is still cheap. Yeah. You have to be willing well, to spend that yeah. 10 bucks. We were talking about this today at our morning meeting that it, the uh, release date seems to be s- such a smart move on Nintendo's part. Two weeks before Christmas, so the yeah. game will be out there. Everyone who's like really interested in the game uh, will buy it right away. And then people are going to be getting iTunes gift cards yeah. for Christmas. So a lot of even those people who like don't really want to spend the 10 bucks on it, they're going to have a gift yeah, card. They're going to open up the app store and yeah. you're going to see Mario's face and be like, I want I it. Yeah. absolutely consider it gift card bait. You know, yeah. I, I don't think they'll sell, uh, you know, I think they'll sell almost as many copies at $10 as they will as $5 because, you know, a billion dollars worth of gift cards are going to be opened in stockings at Christmas time. And then it's kind of like you're not spending your money. Like, I don't know what you guys do, but when I get an iTunes gift card, I'll spend it on, you know, something a little bit different than I would normally yeah. because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm buying yeah. Myself a little gift. Did you guys watch the trailer? Mm -hmm. The new trailer. The kingdom building mode seems kind of lame. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to be. It looks like placing stuff for no reason. But I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I I'm worried about just the basic platforming Mm -hmm. in the game. I I'm I like Mario games and I hope it feels right. But it's really hard to tell. And I know Jose's played it, and the stuff he saw he played he thought felt good. Yeah. We wrote about that. But uh, I'm worried about the harder levels. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like. Those are going to be hard to tune, especially I'm a little obsessive with like collecting everything. And yeah, so and maybe I'm just for, worried about myself. Did you? <laughs> we should also point out that Rayman Jungle yep. Run is this game. Yeah. You know, I mean, one touch jumping. wall jumping and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, so it it's is a similar so, thing. Mm-hmm. Dude, the, I'll, I'll try that out. Like Rayman uh, Jungle Run and was something Fiesta. Well, Fiesta Run, but Jungle Run's the one that's not littered with in-app purchases. Yeah, yeah. but it's uh, it's <laughs> the best 2D platformer on mobile because yeah. it's built from the ground up on mobile, and it was so smart how they were like, we'll worry about the the movement and the locomotion. You worry about jumping and your abilities. Yep. And, it, they, and the levels are designed around that, and the levels are so good. And it doesn't feel cool. like... The yeah. thing about Rayman Jungle Run is you don't feel like... Like, if you were to look at just your thumb when you're playing mm-hmm. that game, all you're doing is tapping your thumb down mm-hmm. every second or two. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that way because you're, you're wall-jumping left and right yeah. and you know long presses versus short presses yep. and that simple input uh, sort of dissolves into you just focusing on the game experience yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. yeah. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out like I'm I am a big defender of that $10 price point I want there to be $1 mobile games 10 20 I, mm-hmm. I want it to feel like 3ds mm-hmm. or Vita but I will say that jungle run is three bucks it's three bucks and mm-hmm. it's an incredibly beautiful gorgeous Did it launch at three bucks yeah mm-hmm. fun and it's yeah. been on sale for cheaper and so that is a point of consideration that, like, well... Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, Rayman's not Mario. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Like, That's honestly, very true. Uh, the other side of that, New Super Mario Brothers for... New Super Mario Brothers 2 is 30 bucks. You mm-hmm. know? Still, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, the, the only thing... Like, yeah. I'm curious about Even that kingdom mode. I think the control inputs could be fine. The only thing it has going against it is I don't like that new Mario aesthetic. Oh, yeah, mm. I agree. I really don't yeah, like that aesthetic. That, that this new, one? New Super Mario. Uh, no, just the 3D character on a... T- the look of the new Super Mario. The new Super Mario. That's aesthetic. how I felt. Like I, th- I thought uh, yeah, a link I between worlds it. was a perfect game, save for the fact oh, that man. I didn't like its aesthetic. Which well, maybe, ten minutes into it, I stopped caring because everything else about that game mm-hmm. is perfect. Maybe somewhere down the line, there will be an in-app purchase for older skins. I'll do it. I'll for do the it. Mario Three skin. Gladly. Like well, that's uh, Mario, how Maker Mario Maker does. Works, yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. It'll be very interesting to see how Super Mario Run uh, performs. The best-selling Mario game is what? The first one still, right? With 40, 40 million copies sold? 40 million copies sold. But, uh, you know, a game sales is limited by its the install base of the yeah. system. But, like, the mobile, I mean, I don't even know what the iPhone install base is and uh, uh, iPad. It's insane. over it's a billion th- iOS devices. Yeah, so it's, it's like, what? It's uh, a timed exclusive for iOS. It's yeah, coming to Android yeah, next coming year. Yeah, well, later. we don't have an exact date. Just later. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, that'll be next Pokemon year. Go. What is? 
uh, Mario. Coming to Android. It's oh, launching on iOS. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. December fifteenth for iOS. Yep. Yeah. And, and then, then and then Android to weird. follow. Okay. Yeah. Pokemon um, Go had over 100 million installs, but that was free, of course. It's, a, uh, it, it's one of those games, uh, stats for mobile game sales are kind of hard to find, but even though there's way, way, way more Android devices out there, the people that use iOS devices are a little bit more plugged into their app store and spend a little bit more money, and developers re- repeat over and over again that uh, you know, even though there's fewer people on iPhone, they make more money on iPhone hmm. um, just because they're they're more invested in that app ecosystem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably true. All right, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. This is Brandon Vermillion from Atlanta, Maryland. Vermillion's a good name. It yeah. reminds me of Sword of Vermillion. Yeah. It says, what's up, Scoop crew? Longtime listener, first-time writer. <laughs> After watching last week's Scoop and hearing you all talk about the NES Classic slash Mini, I impulsively went out and picked one up. How? How? After standing in line <laughs> at Best Buy for five hours. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, that's how. I got home and loved it to death. I found it was a great way for me to experience games that I haven't played before since I am merely 18 years old. Awesome. Whoa, that's so great. That's good to hear that he is 18 and still, still liked playing yeah. these games. That's yeah. very encouraging. Uh, my question is, what do you think the effects will be if more mini plug-and-play consoles are made? Mm. Do you think they'll contribute to the gaming scene by bringing in new people who might not own a current-gen console? Or do you think, uh, since I assume we'll have multiple iterations of these tiny consoles soon, that the gaming market will become oversaturated with nostalgia and quick cash grabs? If anyone knows, it's you, Scoopers. So these things aren't really that new. Actually, actually, no, I think Nintendo is kind of late to the party with yeah. these. I don't know why people are freaking out there's, about the Nintendo one. There's a Genesis one that's been available for a while. The Atari flashback has been available for years. You can buy those little like old school uh, the Atari ones. joysticks that include like Pac-Man, Galaga, yeah. Pole Position. I think <laughs> years ago, I got my dad a plug-and-play console that was the Genesis controller, and it just had the NHL. Games on it, like three NHL games. <laughs> really? He's really a clever. big hockey fan. So yeah. yeah. So this is actually isn't that new. I think people are making a big deal because it's the NES library, yeah, which is better sure. than any of those libraries that you mentioned before. Well, and um, the whole Genesis the could be good. And there is like a really nice UI and yeah. interface. The build quality of the device, you know, it's the exact same controller and the style of well, it. Well, it's a little like, bit shorter. Well, but besides yeah. the cord. Yeah. Yeah. Everything but that cord, like the device, just it's got a really, really good feel mm-hmm. to it. Like you can't discount stuff like that. Yeah, I, I hope that the NES or Mini or whatever it's called, Classic, does super well. I mean, I hope there's I can buy one before Christmas yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, and I hope this does lead to a Super Nintendo Classic and maybe a PS1 Classic. Well, I mean, think of how well like a PlayStation Classic would do, yeah. an N64. Like, like, this is an awesome place for, uh, yeah, nostalgia yeah. for people like us to sort of gauge interest on uh, dormant brands like a PS1 classic where you have Parappa and Medieval and these and Jet Moto and you're like, do people actually still care about this? Let's. I mean, let's yeah. Crash, it out. if Crash Bandicoot's on there, yeah. Well, I was I was talking to Damon yesterday that I hadn't paid. I mean, obviously, I you know I've been following the NES Classic, reading the news. We talked about it on Scoop, but I didn't pay really close attention to the 30 games that were on it until you know until we had one in the office. Yeah. I was looking at the back of the box, and I was really surprised. I just kind of expected in the back of my head, I thought like this is 20 good games and 10 filler games. But it's not yeah. like all 30 of those games are. It really is like, you know, it's missing some stuff, but it really yeah. is like a greatest. Yeah. It's, it's not just Nintendo. It's Konami yes, and Capcom. That's the, that's yeah. the big so thing. Impressive. It's not just first party. They're able to get third party. Yeah, a few um, third parties. And I think it is really cool. Like you, you have this story here that he's 18 and he's going yeah. back to games, awesome. you know, that were long before he was born. And I think that's awesome, too. Of, yeah. you know, we always talk about like preservation and, and sort of. Mm. 
I don't know, Bella, having a wider knowledge of gaming history is important. I think this could be a good way to, you know, because it's kind of yep. a pain in the ass to go back and either buy an old console or download a bunch of yep. virtual console games that are kind of too expensive, in my opinion. And so having a one-stop shop where it's like, hey, for 60, 70 bucks, you can sort of fully inform yourself on what the NES was like, I think it's cool. Yeah. There is an element of, uh, man, like Nintendo loves keep to continue coming up with new ways to resell you the same games. Yeah. You know, Autano has his... Uh, a bit about how he's bought Super Mario Brothers 10 times, times, you know. Um, And I want an NES... Uh, mini classic. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why. Yeah. <laughs> like they're on, like half those games are on my Wii. And then, yeah. you know, more of them are on my DS and more of them are on my Game Boy Advance. And it's like, I, I would imagine that I probably have 25 of those 30 games in my house somewhere. And yet I still want this thing. Same. Um, but I'm hesitant. It's the poster. I keep telling you. It's because of that poster. It's going to be hooked up to my TV for a while. And then it's going to end up, you know, probably being in a closet. And then, and then Nintendo's yeah. going to come out with the Switch or something yeah. else. And then they're going to resell you those games. Again, Again. <laughs> but I mean, I like, think- shouldn't that, like, wouldn't it be better for me to wait and just buy those games on the Switch? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I also think, like, I think this would be cool, like, when your daughter's old enough and you want to start showing her, like, some games or what you do for a living, like, to have her start on this and play some of these games that are much simpler than modern games and have her play it on a decent Bubble Bubble. facsimile of. Yeah. You know, the stuff we oh, and Taito's in there, too. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's two really good ways to experience uh, retro games also that are not this right now, and one of those is, is the uh, NES Remix series. Yep. If oh, that's on Switch, like, don't buy these games again. Like, buy NES Remix. It's really cool. It's like, it takes these games that you're playing for the first time now and, like, puts achievements in them and mm-hmm. makes them, mm-hmm. and mixes them up in crazy mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. I really, really like that. I also don't think, uh, you know, in regards to a younger generation, I definitely think Brandon is the outlier. I definitely consider this like I I hope that I'm wrong and that younger people do discover these new games through a system like this. But I think it's very much a nostalgia play. Like, I think it's mostly for people that grew up with these games and want to experience them again. Speaking of the nostalgia play, this next email is from George Weber from Milwaukee. And he says, love GameScoop and watching for a while. Really enjoy the show. I am very excited for the Crash Bandicoot collection. I most likely won't enjoy the games as much as I remember I did when I was younger, but I'm still very excited. My question is, is my millennial generation too obsessed with nostalgia? And are we setting ourselves up to tarnish the memories of these games because we think we want them remastered? That's a big topic. George, you think the millennial generation is (laughs) obsessed with nostalgia. What about my 80s generation? My entire life is about trying to crawl (laughs) back into the 80s. Every single movie. Every single remake. Every generation is obsessed with nostalgia. It's just that your nostalgia is different than our nostalgia. Like I think my nostalgia is probably different than your nostalgia by a couple yeah. of years. So like yeah. to me, the Super Nintendo is that console. Yeah. That 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 is the thing I'm trying to go back to. Greatest console ever made. Someone younger like Alana, the, the thing is the N64 and the original Xbox is her nostalgia. Yeah. Well, I just read a great article a bit an O bit this week. This guy ran this great record label called Norton Records, reissued the Sonics and the Pretty Things, all these very famous '60s bands. And he he died this week, and he said uh, one of his quotes in the New York Times was. Uh, uh, I'm not nostalgic for these records. Uh, these are records I wish I would have heard when I was a kid because mm-hmm. they're awesome. Mm-hmm. I missed them though, and that's how I feel about some of these games. I miss these games, you know. Yeah. Like I, 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 but I'm still interested in playing them. It's not because I'm nostalgic for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nostalgia is. I, I do go back and forth on it. Um, just like philosophically, like sometimes I think it's kind of 
unhealthy or a waste of time. And it's just better generally just to focus forward, like keep your eyes forward and keep looking towards the future and sort of trying to forge the path to the next thing instead of, like you said, clawing and grasping for what's come in the past just because it makes you feel good. (laughs) But then I sort of swing back the other way and say, hey, look, like if you enjoy something and it makes you smile and laugh and have, you know, feel good, like if something makes you feel good, like fuck everything else. Yeah, it's finding Um, it's finding warmth and comfort in a simpler time of your life, like before sort of critical thinking. Um, yeah. which I think yeah. is cool. I mean, we see that too. Like we put up, uh, destroy all humans, humans, humans which was a PS2 game, like sort of a cult classic, uh, came out for PS4 the other day and we put up the first 20 minutes of it and it did amazing numbers on YouTube and all the comments were like, Oh, I totally remember this game. Like this yeah. was my game. I played in elementary school or in middle school. And so yeah. like nostalgia is important. And it's weird to think that like 15 years from now, people are going to be nostalgic about like rise like you know, games from this generation. Well, maybe probably not. Rise. Right. <laughs> Mac, give me, give me Mac. Mac. Yeah, and Mac it's, HD. It'll be uniquely Minecraft. That's all it'll be. Yeah. Minecraft, yeah. I, mean, yeah. Um, sure. I I do think that uh, in terms of trying to introduce, like I've seen, and for a long time I was one of these people that are like, when you, here's what I'm going to do when I have a kid, they're going to go through one game console generation every year, starting when they're five, <laughs> and they're going to play the NES library and the SNES library, and I I kind of thought I was going to do that. Uh, I've changed my mind. I kind of think we all love Star Wars. So I guess I don't want to presume. I assume that we all love Star, we Wars. Like Star Wars. But if our parents made us like be into what they were into, you know, it it would have been it would have been Flash Gordon. Yeah. Right. Well, like, my dad did that to me. So I grew up loving all the movies that he loves. Yeah. yeah. But you understand, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you can't you can't say like it's not cool to make your kids be into stuff that you were into growing up. Like they yeah, need to be into their own stuff. Like it's important that they be into things that the older generation think is stupid and not understand. Yeah. Like, but I think it's also important that you like my dad did get me into film at a pretty young age. Like he showed me The Godfather and like yeah. you know, he showed me Seven Samurai and, mm-hmm. and Casablanca and so I'm super thankful. I think there's a healthy medium of that. Also, yeah. you're gonna start your daughter on monkey ball, be honest. Yeah. I'm I yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably, in all honesty, I will probably start her on Angry Birds. Yeah. Like, I think it's super easy to understand, and you can play it before you have fine motor skills, and she'll enjoy the bright colors and the sounds of being able to drag the thing back. I think her motor skills are just fine. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this is Shane from Texas. He says, salutations all. I am a veteran gamer. Been gaming since the early 80s, but I've never played a Pokemon game. My son... Nine years old is getting into Pokemon, Aww. and I've bought him an older game before, but never really figured out what the deal was with Pokemon always releasing two games at the same time. Can the Scoop crew please explain this to me so I can make an educated decision about which Pokemon game, Sun or Moon, to get my son for Christmas? Thanks and Scoop. Yeah, Pokemon. One important thing about Pokemon is that it's about trading and collecting, right? Yeah. And uh, so they, you know, are selling a game for thirty bucks, and and half those games you can only trade and collect certain Pokemon, which encourages you to trade. That's the positive way to look mm-hmm. at it. Play with friends and trade. And the negative is that it means you can't catch them all unless you have unless you trade a friend with this other game, which yeah. means they sell two games, mm-hmm. or you buy a copy of the game, and then also. But you'd have to have two, you like, have two systems games. to transfer the to make the trade, right? Yeah, not anymore, but it used yeah. to have to be that way. Okay. Also, buy, a bank buy Pokemon uh, Sun for your Sun and Pokemon Moon for your Moon. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I say. Okay. Also, you should probably buy your son Pokemon Sun because the way the one of the main differences between Sun and Moon is a twelve-hour 
sort yeah. of difference. Yeah, you're just so, playing a day or night. Yeah, like if you're playing sun, you're playing it at the time of day you are currently playing it. Whereas yeah. if you're playing moon, it's moon twelve hours off. By twelve hours. <laughs> yeah. That's such an interesting. Like that, you were, you shifted your Animal Crossing clock. Like I only played that game in the evenings, so I never saw my town during the day. In like the four months I was addicted to that yeah. game, it's the same with World of Warcraft. <laughs> actually, that's funny. Oh, that has that's the it's twenty-four on a, hour. It's cycle? on a real-time twenty-hour twenty-four-hour clock. So it's always nighttime when you're playing. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Wait, Did you have another question about Pokemon? Or how know why, they, why do they release two games? How does it work if you're playing with someone like in Europe? Uh, well, it's like server time. So, oh. uh, like <clears throat> I like di- some servers are on West Coast time and some are on Central time or Eastern time gotcha. or whatever. Cool. And then there's the remakes of the games, which sometimes you know well, the add stuff. Well, so there's actually more than one. Yeah, when more like, than two versions. Well, so they do the two they and they Pikachu do the third and, one. And yeah. The third one. Yeah. Also, I think it'd be kind of cool to. I mean, I don't know if you have two 3DSs or if you want to buy two copies of the game, but I think it'd be kind of cool to get into it with your son. That's where I thought that's yeah. where yeah. was going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I think that'd be fun that's to, to good, experience yeah. it for the first time. Maybe you don't like it, yeah. but maybe you do, and maybe you guys, and then you start trading yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't understand. I feel like this is going to get me a lot of hate. I, I feel like Pokemon's very overrated. I think the battle system, like, I'd never played a Pokemon game before, and I was excited to check it out, and I think I bought whatever the DS ones were. That was the first one I ever mm-hmm. played. It's not overrated. Oh, it's not overrated yeah, to this guy's nine year old son. My thing is, that game is so slow. Like, moving is really, really, really slow. slow. Battles are really slow. I mean, Conversations are really slow. Everything in that game took forever. And I was like, I mean, I, I've never been more disappointed than, than... I totally see what you're saying, but I've always thought it's for kids. Yeah. So, like, for a nine-year-old, I think it's great. Yeah. I, I Like, I was just excited to dive into, like... I gotta say, too, like, you're describing JRPGs. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, kinda, JRPGs yeah. are slow, and yeah. it's a JRPG. Yeah. The battles so people just people like the methodical I mean, nature of those. It's... it's, I, yeah. it's I like Pokemon more than you, but my two favorite Pokemon games are Go and Snap. So <laughs> sure. Well, there you go. That. And probably Puzzle League at number three. It's it's just a weird uh, feeling to finally dive into something that you know a billion people love and yeah. then just feel like one you thing don't that's get it. not kid like about them is that there's an overwhelming amount of stuff in the game. <laughs> to so, learn. like if you if you pause the game, there's a million things. You're like <laughs> breeding, washing your Pokemon. You go to this like what? world where there's like, all this stuff to like shop and buy that's outside the regular world. It, it's so overwhelming and it's and it's additive. They never yeah. take stuff yep, off yep, yep. out. So like yeah. I don't know anything that's going on half the time I go to places in Pokemon and I'm just like I have to go look it up in a wiki or something that's like, what, what am I supposed to do here that and it's adding, just like oh you just get jelly beans out of it like why do I need those <laughs> and it's like well jelly beans actually work to do this it's like, why am I doing this it's because every single game it's adds really on cool one new system the additive yeah. nature of sequels really shows like I buy FIFA once every five years yeah. and then there's like yeah. a million options on the main menu and I'm like I just want how do I so play I, how do I, I, I play, I play, soccer? play soccer? I'll kick the ball. <laughs> I think it's cool that it gives kids this this game that may be paced differently and have cuteness, but like it is so complicated. It gives yeah. them a sense of like, I'm playing a real game and like yeah. I'm doing this. Like it's yeah. not, you know, just a veneer of, of, sure. of yeah. a game. It's a, it, like, I think Skylanders is a little simple. Yeah. Oh, the sure. gameplay or like Lego star Wars and stuff. But mm-hmm. this is a complicated yeah. at times difficult RPG, which mm-hmm. is really cool that we're giving, you know, kids a giant JRPG. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Well, speaking of Pokemon, this next email is from Ryan Hume. And he has a question about worldwide release dates. He says, love the show. Always tune in. Looking to get feedback furthering on from a conversation on last week's episode. Games that release on different days in different countries, in my opinion, absolutely ruin the game. Especially in the age of Twitter, Facebook. I'm a massive Pokemon fan. Hmm. Desperate for the game. Sitting just now two days before the game releases in America. Knowing I won't get it for another eight days. I either have to disappear. He must not be in America. I either have to disappear off social media and IGN until I get it or take the risk of getting the game spoiled. It makes no sense and I think overall hurts the publisher. If a game is ready, release it worldwide the same day. Surely it's that simple. Mm -hmm. 
That, that uh. Pokemon has been worldwide released. It's delayed for only Europe this time. Interesting. And I don't know why. Don't know why. And I, that, that's usually not like that. Yeah. So it's just a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, I agree that sucks. I always feel the same way about, like, we generally get things first, well, but, like, Marvel oh, movies man. will release, Marvel like, a week before. Marvel movies always come out in the UK first. Yeah, and then we, like, have our review least, up, and I'm like, ooh. At least it's, like, uh, like only, like, a week or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Doctor Strange comes out in 2017 in Japan. Wow. And today I was, it was on, there was an article on Cracked where there's, like, a, uh, like a white guy that's living in Japan <laughs> temporarily, and he's like, I can't watch Doctor Strange until next year. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's very few games now that aren't global or really close to each other. I mean, Persona is the only one I can think of that's really far yeah. off. Right yeah, now. they may, we, like Final Fantasy XV's global release is kind of a big deal. I mean, it always series. used to be a thing, you know, when games came from Japan. Um, that Dark you know, Souls. it would be a year, you know, like Final yeah. Fantasy VI would come out in Japan, and then a year later that game would come well, out in America, especially yeah. with uh, digital distribution. Yeah, like why can't you just you could just you don't have to ship the game anywhere? Yeah, uh, like maybe, maybe the physical yeah. shipments delayed, and I yeah. understand that because that's how production works. But yeah, yeah digitally just. Well, the, the companies uh, have these relationships with these retailers, right? That uh, it, it, they don't really want to launch digitally until it's day and day <laughs> with the physical release. Sure. All right. No, I understand. That would be frustrating. Ah. Uh, okay, now is the time on GameScoop when we play 20 questions. I forgot the questions. <laughs> this is where you email us your uh, suggestions. Email them to gamescoop at IGN.com. Uh, this week's comes from... Pat from Verona, Wait, New York. No, nope. Pat from Verona, New York. Is it Bosch? Is Bosch? There's a picture of the Bosch app on it. Is that your first question? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let the questioning begin. Wait, where is he from? Finger, Verona, Verona, New York. New York. You think that here? Fair Verona. Ah, I know. Yeah. I know what a Verona. We got this. What would a Verona New Yorker like? would? Uh, do you play as a human? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Stumped. Yes. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Mm. After seven yeah. seconds after, of pause, yep. uh, did it uh, release after January first, two thousand? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, same after nineteen ninety. Yes. Okay. Nineties so game. Nineties game where you play as a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Where do we want to go now? Um, consoles and genres. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll take consoles and genres. Was this uh, <laughs> was this originally released, or you know, do we generally think about it as being a game that appeared on the sixteen bit consoles? Yes. Ooh, That's a good one. That is a good w- one. Well done. Uh, is it, uh, was this game a Super Nintendo exclusive? Yes. Aww. We did it, guys. <laughs> You're just kind of a human. Let's just mess around for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. Mario's human. I thought uh, it was <laughs> You're not a human. You're God. Yes. Is this a game with sequels? No. Ooh, it's not ActRaiser because there's an ActRaiser 2. Mm-hmm. Super Nintendo exclusive with no sequels. Was this game made by Nintendo? Yes. Oh, All right. We're dang. <laughs> but it's not. I'm, I'm a little weirded out because like. Because Nintendo almost has. Not Mario. Not Punch-Out. Not Zelda. Not, not Zelda. It could be Super Mario RPG. I mean, would you consider Paper Mario? Uniracers. I was uh, thinking Uniracers. <laughs> Man, I was just. I made just no, made a uni- Uniracers goof today. You're not a human in Uniracers? Maybe. What? Do you play as the unicycle? Yeah, right. Is this an RPG? No. It's good. Made by Nintendo, guys. And I'm really gals. Tr- uh, SimCity was made by Nintendo, kind of, on the SNES. You don't play as a human. As sequels. You, yeah, you do. You're the mayor. It has sequels. Really? Yeah, there are oh, sequels. there are sequels. Um, was this game a single player only? Uh, ooh. I read that. What are you thinking? Yes. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm just what? wondering. What did this game? What like what games? We already did Mario Kart in this, right? 
Oh, could this be a... But you play uh, as a lot of people uh, in Mario Kart. Ooh. You play, oh, do you consider yourself a human in Mario Paint? Oh, that's a good one. You do have a hand. And you're, and you're swatting flies. Yeah. That's probably your presumption. You, I would presume that you're a human in that game. Yeah. How do we narrow it down in a way that's not stupid? Or that's not very... I may not care. Do you use a mouse to play this game? Yes. Uh, hey! You swap flies in this game? <laughs> Let's use the rest did, of the questions. Did Ryan Altano recreate a drawing of the Rodney King trial in this game when he was a child? I can't answer that question. He did when he was a child. He didn't know what the Rodney King trial did, was. But is this game Mario Paint? Yes, it um, is. I have a bunch of... There are 11 I, questions. I have like a line of questions I want to try on this where we talk about the IGN <laughs> score, and it didn't work on this one because I don't think we ever scored this game. No, I, I think that's... We also, never went back. Do you ever look that up when you grab these? Uh, I don't usually. I look. I just want to know if it's like got good reviews. Yeah, it was yeah. well received. Yeah, well, yeah. Did. Mario Paint. You guys got there a lot faster than I thought you I would. I think we're all in agreement that yeah, you play as a yeah. Human. I, it just took me a second, but yeah, you're just playing. You're just you painting yeah. and making music, right? Yeah. There's just like a hand, right? Yeah, yeah, that's enough of an avatar. Yeah, I feel like it's really challenging for you to ever pick like Tetris. Yeah. What? what? Maybe we have played. Have we not mm. done that one? Or just a game like that, like something abstract. We did Tetris because we were surprised. It was like eighty-five. Or like yeah, whatever. it's almost everything you pick character-based. Yeah. I guess you did re- the Mean Bean Machine. I remember that episode. Oh, man. Oh, that was Did difficult. you really do yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. And it was like, who do you play as in that? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. whack, Damon. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. That's hard. Don't you play as Dr. Robotnik? Or that's what the fight like, was about. Can yeah. you see your character on screen? And Dr. Yeah. Robotnik's like dancing down in yeah, the corner. Yeah, they thought you were, but you're, no, you're not. Because then we got in the discussion of like Dr. Mario. Like, who are you? Oh, yeah, Dr. Yeah. yeah, who are you in Dr. Mario? You're not Mario. Doc- I I never Mario. thought you were like, you know, because you see him on the screen. I thought you were like his well, assistant. Yeah. Mario is actually throwing the pills. And then you yeah. are the one that's moving the pills around, not Mario. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't want to reopen that. Get all over again. <laughs> it just comes in. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, uh, well done. Yeah, good. Mario Paint. That was from uh, Pat from Verona, New York. Thanks, Got there really fast. Verona. Uh, Gamescoop is off next week. Next week is a holiday week. It's Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And I'm going to be in Spain for the holiday, so I won't be here to record Gamescoop anyway. So we're going to take next week off, but Gamescoop will return. <laughs> Gamescoop like strikes the, yeah. back. <laughs> this is after the post credit scene. Gamescoop will return in just a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's do it. And then we, then we get into the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. Year-end wrap-up stuff. We'll play 20 questions with our respective families come okay, next good. week. Okay, yeah. good. Let me know how you do. <laughs> it's just all going to be about politics, though. It's oh going to be terrible. Yeah. No, don't. Just make no. Make it about video games and yeah. just see how your families do. Uh, that is all the soups, the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Soups. Game soup. Now you're making <laughs> me hungry. Uh, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.
Sacramento You sound so far away You should have seen it coming You found out yesterday Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.